Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Go ahead. It ruins my watching of the game to some degree. You know, that, that, that you watch and you just go, really? And now they all got cards. They can't even think through a two-point versus one-point decision. They can't think it through. They got to have a card tell them. It's like GPS. Hey, where's the White House? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, how long you live here? 47 years? You don't know what the damn White House is? This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Wilbon was great yesterday. Wasn't he? He was unleashed. He was just completely nuts. He texted me and said, sorry, I was a little bit riled up. This. No, no, it was, was brilliant. Great. He was great. He was great. Um, uh, some news. Some news. Tim Kirkchin, can you tell people what happened with Timmy? Yes, uh, now I have to bring it up again uh, on yeah. my, my phone. But yeah, he got, uh, he got a very, very well-deserved award and is essentially going in to the, uh, the Hall of Fame. The Baseball uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, the 2000... Cooperstown, New York. Yeah, 2022... Two blocks away from the Otisaga Hotel. Yeah, I've got to go there sometimes. I really do. But yes, he's the 2022 winner of the uh, Baseball Writers Association of America Career Excellence Award. And that's so, wonderful. Isn't that? It's and it, that's wonderful. And it lists and all the all the write ups. Does about he get it. to pick the dinner they have? Because he could have avocado. <laughs> is, is it like the Masters? Do you get to say what the menu is? Uh, I'm not sure. I am not sure. Tim Kirchin, boys and girls, could get the yes. Tom Turkey dinner at the Otisaga. Tom Turkey dinner is great. It's great. It, it's right on the menu. Tom Turkey. I doubt he's going to be staying at the Mohican Motel. Yeah, that was. How do you remember that? Your memory is scary. The Mohican Motel was the first time I ever went. To Cooperstown, and my I went with my parents, and we just pulled in on the side of the road to some dive. <laughs> the Mohican Motel still there. We're still there one of the times. Yeah. We were What's there. so we drove about 20, 20 minutes outside of uh, Cooperstown to go to that. What was it a diner where we met? I got to meet that former Yankee. Oh yeah, Cleet Boyer's uh, Cleet Boyer. Yeah, that's when we passed the Mohican Motel. Yeah, the Mohican Motel, and we, that's when I realized there. things have changed. Yeah, I thought I yeah. That's when you realized whoa. I'm doing better as a kid than my father did as a kid because I'm not staying at the Mohican Motel. I'm staying in a nice room in the Otisaga. I got a letter here from Greg Gania or Gania. Listen to what he does. The assistant general manager and the team broadcaster for the Erie Seawolves, a minor league baseball team. Assistant GM and um, team broadcaster. Erie, Pennsylvania, kids. Dear Tony, hope this letter finds you well. During the 2021 season, the Erie Seawolves hosted a 25th anniversary celebration of the movie That Thing You Do at the Ballpark. Now, why would they do that? Because the O'Neaters, the O'Neaters were from Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Erie, PA. That um, appliance store was in Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> it was a project almost 16 months in the making, and despite the best efforts of COVID-19 throwing a wrench into just about every plan we had, we pulled off an amazing event. Given that the movie was fictitiously set in Erie, Pennsylvania, we've had numerous promotional plans to somehow incorporate a theme night around the movie. In every year of planning, it was the last thing we left on the cutting room floor until the right situation made sense. On April 1st, 2020, the team put out a tweet that we'd play a game as the Eerie Wonders if the initial tweet collected a certain number of impressions. If the tweet flopped, it would be chalked up as an April Fool's joke. If we succeeded as intended, we knew we had something good cooking. The tweet didn't flop, and almost immediately, people started to engage the actors from the film on the social platform. Tom Everett Scott, and I believe he plays the drummer. Yes, Scott oh, Shades. Scott. Yeah, Shades. Shades. Responded, and we started a private dialogue, and at the time, he and I both knew that this had the makings of a great event. After numerous calls, emails, texts, and Zoom calls with Tom, Jonathan Sage, I guess, or Skage, Steve Zahn, and Ethan Embry, we picked a date for the 2021 season. We rolled out the event. The night featured a VIP meet-and-greet with the actors. How great is that? 
autograph session, engagement with fans, and a viewing party of the movie on the video board after the game. The team wore special Eerie Wonders jerseys, and all of the in-game entertainment was centered around the movie. Unfortunately, due to COVID protocols, Ethan was unable to attend because of his current show and their travel restrictions, but we even had him via Zoom for our panel. We raised over $25,000 for No Disability, a nonprofit that helps students with dyslexia. Three of the four wonders suffer from dyslexia, so it made the charitable efforts even more special for them. The event has already won the Ballpark Digest Promotion of the Year and four PRSA Gold Niagara Awards. We're also a nominee for a Golden Bobblehead at the Baseball Winter Meetings in Orlando next week. Once we found out you were a fan of the movie, we had our uniform partners at Wilson create a special Kornheiser jersey with the number 25, signifying the 25th anniversary of the film. If you'd like to check out our panel discussion and the unveil video for the event, it's currently up on our YouTube page and it's just YouTube, the Erie Seawolves. Enjoy the jersey. If you're ever in the Erie area during baseball season, please let us know. That is so kind Isn't that and lovely? so nice. And the jersey's really nice. Yeah, just... I'm, I mean, I'm, it's not, you know... It looks like they spelled the name wrong on the front. Because it says Wonders. Yes, it Oneidas. doesn't say Oneaters. It actually says Wonders. <laughs> but now I'm going down the rabbit hole, and I think they could do a great specialty theme night where they bring out bobbleheads and special jerseys for Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. <laughs> yeah. Like a Friday night. Yeah. It, it's just... It, it's really nice. And I'm, of course, I'm going to bequeath this jersey to the boys, to Bootsy and I'm Hammer. playing the soundtrack for the boys this afternoon when they get home from school. It's, they just, love it. it's just great. They do, it is. do sing it's a little wild great. one a lot to them. But they couldn't get um, Steve Tyler's daughter, huh? Oh, I guess not. No, couldn't yeah. get her. Yeah. yeah. Liv Tyler. Um, by the way, I want to thank uh, Richard Justice, who uh, helped facilitate all of this. That's just really great. Yeah, isn't just that lovely? Really great. Uh, on, and another thing to talk about. This comes from Barry Winkler, Professor Emeritus of Biomedical Sciences at Oakland University in Rochester, Minnesota. I'm a 1965 graduate of Harper College, and indeed, that was what it was called. Binghamton was then Harper College, H-A-R-P-U-R. I write to let you know that the 61-62 Harper College men's basketball team will be inducted into the Binghamton University Athletics Hall of Fame on December 11th. So that's this coming Saturday, and I know that date because it's my daughter's birthday. I was a freshman bench player on that team. I played all four of my years at Harper. Attached, you will find background information about the 61-62 team and its accomplishments on the court. Perhaps he will consider giving the team a shout-out this week. So does he want it? Does he want it on PTI? I can't even get in. Wilbon takes it all the way to the limit. I, and I can't even say anything anymore. You know, or is it, is it okay if we do it here on, on the think, podcast? I think we'll get what we give is what we give. Of additional note, the team is the first men's basketball team in the history of Harper and Binghamton University to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. The attached document is his nomination letter. And he said, I should also say, I was a good friend of Jay Lovinger, my late friend Jay Lovinger who was an editor of mine and who was very, very talented, whom I know you loved and respected when we were at Harper. Jay and I spent many days and nights playing poker. I don't believe I did very well. And Jay was a shark. <laughs> he was a shark. Should you fulfill this request, it would be fantastic. Perhaps you'd give me a heads up when you do a shout-out. I would alert my teammates to this honor. So we're doing it right here. Um, it'll be tough to do. I'm telling you, Wilbon doesn't give me any time to do anything. Boxes but um, I... You know, this is before my time at Harper, but I recognize the name Barry Winkler. I do recognize the name. Um, there were some really good players on that particular team. Jim Davis and Mickey Greenberg were, were the best of them. Mickey Greenberg played in the Eastern League, in the minor leagues, you know, right under the NBA. I mean, he was really good. He's probably the greatest player to ever play at Harper College. So he played a, a couple of years also against the Globetrotters. He was on the, the Washington the Generals for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to get to, and then I'll shut up, 
was I went to the doctor yesterday. I went to Dr. Richard Rubin, my cardiologist, who once again said, oh, no, no, you can't shovel. You've got a strapping young son. Let him shovel. You got grandkids. Yeah. Well, they're tiny. Well, you put them one on top of the other. <laughs> that's they're a pretty like good six, idea. Six. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. And so I went to get a stress test and to get a heart evaluation. And I wasn't particularly nervous about it. Um, perhaps I should have been. One of the things that happened, I told this to Michael before we started the show, is he asked me, or, yeah, how tall are you? And I said, well, my son says I'm shrinking, so I'm probably down about 5'10". He says, what do you weigh? I said, I don't know, about 175 now. He says, okay. And he wrote those down. Program weight. And I just thought that maybe... I thought a doctor's office had a scale. <laughs> you know, I was, what if I'd said 135? Hey, does you know this thing mean? work? You know, I mean, just so odd. Anyway, um, they, what they do is first they, uh, well, they, they take pictures of your heart while you're alive, you know, from, from outside your skin. What is that called? Um, sonar something or I don't know. They put gel on your body. Ultrasound? Oh, ultrasound. ultrasound. Yes. Ultrasound. They put gel on your body. They attach a thousand electrodes to your chest and your arms. Searching for a heartbeat. Yeah. And they, yeah, well, people would say he doesn't even have a heart. So they. <laughs> I did um, say that. Yeah. They do that and then they take pictures. They take pictures of your heart at rest and then they put you on a treadmill for i don't know how long 10 minutes five minutes wasn't really long incline yeah well you know you're going slowly and then they build you up and you get there's a target heart rate and you and you talk the entire time you talk the entire time and that's you know it's good for me to talk and i was talking with the doc um you know he's got a son who goes to wake forest we were talking about wake forest football talking about golf Talking about the fact that Michael, you had said that it looked like I got a little sneaky long. Yeah, the last time we. Well, let's played. take a trip down and play Old Town. You know, yeah, I mean that would be okay. We could do that. So, um, isn't Peter Jennings a member there? I don't know. I thought he was a member there. Okay, not the, not that Peter Jennings, our Peter Jennings. Our Peter Jennings. Anyway, so I was mentioning <clears throat> that my son had said, you know. Part of it might have been that I've been doing planks lately, and that gives you a little bit more core strength. And then the doc said, yeah, you're probably getting through the ball a little bit better. You're not stopping at the top. Yeah, support that swing. Through. Yeah. So, so we had this chat, and I reached the target rate, and everything was fine. And then he said, your heart's fine. And he showed me pictures. This is pictures of my heart. Now, and then there's like blue and orange, and one is the blood coming in, and one is the blood going out, and... He says, you see over here on the left, that's your heart at rest, and everything looks good, and here's your heart really working hard when we get you up to the target rate, and that, that still looks good. And I just thought, why should I believe that's my heart? <laughs> why, 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 don't, don't, why don't we really concede that that's just a generic video of anybody's heart, or it's just made-up stuff? And he knew that I was okay, so he made me feel good by showing me these pictures. I know. Am I too cynical when I say that? And anyway, and also, I have to say, it's sort of freakish if it was my heart. It just sort of was freakish because it's inside my body, and they're able to take these pictures. Yeah, I'm just thinking back to the first pictures we got of the boys, you know, at the various stages where you're searching for, they have target, you know, uh, weeks and, 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 you know, body parts that they're searching for, and I just... Just very weird. It was yeah. just very weird. Look, I'm grateful that, you know, it doesn't mean my heart will be good this evening. But it was good yesterday morning, and so, I'm very grateful. And I like Dr. Richard Rubin a lot. 
I like him a lot. I've seen him thinking four or your, five times over a 10, 12-year period. Now thinking about your health, can we address yeah. something that's on the uh, the armoire here in, uh, here in the dining room? <laughs> what? I come in this morning, Naj and I look up. He thinks it's a packet of potpourri. Yeah, I'm like, is that potpourri up there? No, that's an eight-pound bag of gummy bears. Gummy bears. Haribu. <laughs> a giant bag of Haribu gummy bears that I'm getting ready to open when I get through uh, my dark russet uh, potato chips. <laughs> Yeah, when I finish those tonight, I'm getting ready so to open we, those. we were here last I Thursday for the candle lighting. I show up at our house, and Liz pulls out of her bag, like a clear plastic bag, opened, that I guess was the half-eaten bag of gummy bears that you had tossed to her. I gave them to tribute. her. She said she liked them. They were fantastic. Right. So you might get some of these down the road after some. I open them. Yes, it's a six-pound six bag. <laughs> it's big. It's big. However, all right, I like it. All Who right. lifted that out of the car? You know. Oh, no, that came in a box. That that was shipped Bonnie. Bonnie gets it done. Oh. Bonnie got me the Haribos. I had to wait three weeks for them. They're on back order. Shipping delays. Yeah. Oh, well, sure. From back Germany, order. yeah. The, the... Are they from Germany? Is that where I, they're I from? I think Haribo is from Germany. I'll, I'll Why did I that. think they were from Japan? Uh, I, did I tell you what happened to our couch? Look at that. You know the couch that we went to purchase right after we closed on our new house? Yeah. So we ordered this couch the week of July 4th. That... Right. Okay. And they said, get it? there's been... oh, did we get it? What, what do you think would be a reasonable delay for a couch? Two months. Two months. I would take two months and I would pay a premium for two months. They say everyone else is putting different parts in. You're not getting the fabrics. You're not getting the same craftsmanship. Okay, we'll commit. We'll buy this couch in July. We'll buy part of it right now. Delivery date, February. February? We got an email yesterday that this couch will not arrive at our house until the end of March. But they have your money. They've already spent your money. We think. That's not I, think, right. I think we paid some, you know, it's probably paid half up front and half for delivery, but we now are still out of a couch. That's a tremendously long time. Am I right on Japan? You are How incorrect. About? It's Germany. It's Germany? Okay. Yes. Oh. Hans Regal Sr. invented them in 1920. He invented the gummy bear? Yes. He, uh, he's, he's a confectioner from Bonn, it says, and he was inspired by the trained bear seen at street festivals and markets in Europe throughout the 19th century. He's a god. Yeah, there you go. That's one of the great candies of all time. It, that ought to be in the Candy Hall of Fame. It should be. It should be in the Toy gummy Hall of Fame. Gummy bears. It's that good. Yeah, Crossover. it's really good. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Booger McFarlane, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening, You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Simply Safe ad. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. Let me just say that you could write that sentence any day of any year of any era, and it would still be true. Yes. This week, Simply Safe is giving listeners early access to all of their holiday deals, 40% off their award-winning home security. Simply Safe has everything you need to make your home safe. Indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report. I'm just going to go off the script here and just say that when I walk the dog, when I walk Chessie around the neighborhood, increasingly I see Simply Safe signs. Sure. I do. So it must be gaining in popularity. All over DC. Yeah, it must be gaining in popularity. I, what does that tell you? These are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at over just, at just over $100. And there are no long-term contracts or commitments. It's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind. So take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday deals. Get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash Tony. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash Tony. S-I-M-P-L-I, people. And you get 40% off your entire system. 
Don't be a dope. Use the code. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Ward K in Vienna, Virginia. And it's an original Christmas song by Mache Fambro. The late Mache Fambro passed away last year. He was a touring musician all his life who lived in upstate New York in Geneseo. And I know where Geneseo is. It's right near Rochester. At a cream ale. The song is I Remember Love from his album In the Christmas Mood. The lyrics are by his wife, Wendy Fabro. The album is available on iTunes. And more music is available on Spotify and at Bandcamp. I really like Christmas songs. I mean, I think I like the Mel Torme song better than anything else. Chestnuts roasting on oh, open sure. fire. Um, but I like Christmas songs. I don't dress up in those dopey sweaters. You know, it's not my side of the street. But I like Christmas songs. Booger McFarland joins us now, and one of the great gifts of having Booger on is that we can talk about college football and we can talk about pro football. And we're going to start talking about college football because Booger's alma mater, Louisiana State University, the alma mater of James Carville and many other people, hired Brian Kelly out of Notre Dame. And I'm going to ask you, as a player, as a grad, as all of that stuff, are you okay with this hire? Are you great with this hire? Are you bad with this hire? You know, TK, I'm 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 really okay with it. Um, I, I think on a scale of one to ten, I'd give it an eight and a half. Um, I don't think it's a perfect hire, but you know, considering that a perfect hire would have been Nick Saban, sometimes you yeah. have to uh, base your expectations on relative to who's available and the timing of it all. There were some candidates that probably should have been interviewed, but they decided to re-up with their uh, schools, you know, James Franklin, Mel Tucker. And so when you look at the landscape of where the candidates were, who was available, um, who could have been hired, who was the best fit for the situation, let's understand what LSU needed. LSU had a coach in Ed Algeron that everyone said was the perfect fit. Like he's Louisiana through and through. And once he won a national championship, things went downhill. So LSU needed a grown-up at the front of the room. They needed somebody buttoned up, somebody that you didn't have to worry about what they were going to say or what they were going to do, somebody to lead the program. And if you look at Brian Kelly, he is that. That's number one. Number two, LSU needed a proven winner. We weren't at a, a, a position where you could take a chance on a guy like a first-time coordinator or a guy like a Joe Brady who was a hot name a couple years ago. LSU was not in that position. So you needed an established winner. Check that because BK – has won everywhere he's been, and he's won at the highest level at Notre Dame. He just couldn't win a national championship. And, and I think, lastly, Tony, here's what I add. LSU needed somebody that wanted the job. And if you look what Brian Kelly has done in his career, the only thing he's missing is an opportunity to win a national championship. Well, guess what, Tony? The last three coaches at LSU have all won national championships. So when you look at the fit, when you look at what LSU needed, what BK needed, I think the fit worked well together, and I'm ecstatic. I, I talked to BK, and I told him, hey, just come down to Louisiana and be yourself. Like, I don't worry about the whole fit thing. Everybody says, does it fit? Well, guess what? Whenever Meyer came from Utah to Florida, did it fit? I don't know, but he won. When Nick Saban came from Michigan State to LSU, did it fit? I don't know, but he won. When Les Miles, a Michigan man, came from Oklahoma State to LSU, was it a great fit? No, nah, but he won a national championship. So the fit will matter if and when you win, if you win, then it's a great fit. If you don't, then people will say, well, he just never really fit down there. How are you with his new southern accent? Do you like that? 
not a fan of the accent. Here's what I've been telling people. <laughs> and, 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 and you will love this, TJ. I think the microphone was overmodulated. Okay. Okay. I think okay. The, I think okay. I think it was a microphone issue. <laughs> uh, yeah, family. Uh, do you think you'll get in all ten? Because all those guys you mentioned didn't go well. Saban may have gone the length of his contract. I don't think he did. I think he went to the um, to the Dolphins before the contract was up. Do you think he'll get in all ten, Brian Kelly? Do you think he will? No, no, no he's not going to get no. in all ten. But guess what? When the when the Anaheim Angels signed Albert Pujols to a ten year deal, did they think yeah. they were going to get ten great years of Pujols? No. What you're signing up for is to get the prime years of his career. I think what LSU is signing up for is they want four to five prime years, and we'll see. Now, you've got to pay 10 years because that's what the market dictates. Very sim- similar to when Tony Kornheiser's contract is up, you've got to pay what the market dictates. So <laughs> yeah. LSU had to do the yeah, same for 10 years. Is he, yeah. you know, I, I get it, but is he going to stay 10? Probably not. Uh, but the, the administration is hoping to get four to five good years where they can judge him on Louisiana talent, on the expectations of LSU. BK is wanting to get that period of time with those Louisiana recruits. So it's going to take one or two cycles, and then you'll start to be able to judge him based on what he does on the field. It's interesting. I'm going to go backwards just for a little bit because it's interesting to hear the way you are talking about him and the way you evaluate why what LSU needed and why they got him. It's almost like you were not surprised. I was stunned. I was just stunned that LSU would reach out to him and that he would say yes. I never saw that coming. Did you? Well, I didn't see it coming, um, but I knew my AD Scott Woodward. He he's yeah. a big game hunter. He's he, he yeah. kind of like you, Tony. Like like it, when it's time to play golf, he's not going to the Muni. He's going to Pine Valley. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the type of AD I get. Like like he's not going to the local Muni saying, "Hey." Can I pay nineteen ninety five and get in the Twilight Rick? No. He wants to go to Pine Valley. He wants to go to Augusta. He wants to go to Baltus Raw. He wants to yeah. go and play Cypress, uh, Cypress Valley. Like those are the places that he wants to go. So we, when you look at the coaching search, you knew he was going to go big game hunting. So while I did not know the name Brian Kelly was going to be the guy, I knew whenever we signed a coach, it was going to be a name that the nation recognized, and, and, and it was going to reverberate yeah, across the country, did. which it did. Oh, it did. Oh, it absolutely did. I'll stay, I'll stay with college football for one more question. I asked this of Paul Feinbaum the other day, and I think it's really the only relevant question. I believe, and I'm sure you believe as well, that Cincinnati deserves to be in the playoff. They did everything they were asked to do, and they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame, and they deserve to be in the playoff. Do you think, particularly with your background playing at LSU, do you think that Cincinnati's one of the four best teams in the country? Tony, I don't think they're one of the four best teams, but this is not a a system that's trying to get the four best teams. This is a system that's going to get the four best resumes at the time of submitting the resumes. Mm -hmm. Now, if you ask Mm -hmm. me who I think the four best teams are, I think Michigan, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State is the fourth best team from a talent standpoint. Here's the problem with that. When it came time to take the test, uh, Ohio State didn't pass the test. And That's so right. when they submitted the resume in, the, the resume said, ah, oh, yeah, well, what about that other project you didn't turn in? And so when I give the grade, I can't grade them based on what I think they are. I have to grade them on actually what they turned in. And Cincinnati's resume looked it better. So when you look at this playoff, people judge this playoff based on what you just said. Can we get the four best teams? Well, it's not about the four best teams. It's about the four best resumes submitted 
on the time uh, or submitted at the time when the resumes was due. And Cincinnati's resume over the last year, and I throw out the last year, Tony, because of this. Never, ever forget this. A year ago, they went down to Atlanta and they played this Georgia team that we all thought is one of the top three or four teams in the country. And they, they went toe-to-toe them. with them and they had That's a beat. Right. And That's there right. was a personal foul. There was a personal foul that cost Cincinnati to lose that game because Georgia took the field goal and won the game. But I think the 13-person committee in that room thought about that. And they said, you know, oh. we've seen them against Georgia. And now you fast forward through this season, they've gone undefeated. So they've done everything we've asked them to do. How can we not put them in? And so I think that's why Cincinnati got in. Their resume looked good. And there's also the human element based on what we saw a year ago. Totally fair. Totally fair. I'm going to switch to the pros now. You mentioned earlier that the, the number one candidate for any job in college, the best, is Nick Saban. You've watched Nick Saban coach, and you've watched Bill Belichick coach. When we see them, and over the last 72 hours, they put on a master class. Saban crushed Georgia, and Belichick understood exactly how to play in Buffalo when you were at that game. When you look at them, and you're a player, I'm asking you as a player, have you ever played for a great coach? And what, is, what makes a coach great in your mind? Yes, I've played for a great coach. His name is Tony Dungy. He's a pro football Hall of Famer, and deservedly so. Here's what makes a great coach a great coach. They adjust and they take the game plan each and every week and they morph that game plan to fit you, the team, the circumstances, the elements, the situation. Let's take a look at Nick Saban. Nick Saban went into a game against Georgia that had the greatest defense that some of us have ever seen. They went into a game where they were underdogs for the first time in probably a decade. And Nick Saban said, how can I win this game? Well, first of all, i got to motivate my team and, and tell them nobody believes in them. That is a powerful tool, Tony, when you get 17- to 21-year-olds back in the corner, especially talented 17- to 21-year-olds, you back them in the corner and you say, nobody believes in you. Secondly, what's the weakness of the team we're playing? The weakness is their quarterback. So I'm going to make your weakest link beat me. I'm going to make the thing that you don't want to have win, win. And Nick Saban put on a master class of making Georgia, Georgia's weakest link, Stetson Bennett, the quarterback, beat him. And, Tony, what you saw on Saturday was this. You saw, you saw a, a difference of 20-plus points in the quarterbacks because yeah. Alabama as a team yeah. is not 20 points better than Georgia. But Bryce Young is 20 points better yes. than Stetson Bennett. Okay? Now, fast forward to Monday night. Bill Belichick. Again, how can you put me as a player in the best situation to succeed? How can we take advantage of the other team's weakness? Tony, let's rewind a little bit. Go back a couple of weeks when Indianapolis went to Buffalo. Remember what happened? They rushed for about 300 yards. Josh yes. Taylor went crazy. And the Colts blew out the Bills. Now, fast forward back to the game Monday night. Inclement weather. It's snowing. It's blowing 50 sideways. Bill Belichick said simply this. I can do what Indianapolis did. I'm just going to do it on a greater level. And, Tony, they ran the football for every play except three. Yeah. All they did was take advantage of a weakness, which we saw a few weeks before. The weakness of the Bills' defense is they are a smaller unit. They like to run and hit. But I don't know if they want to get in a phone booth and deal with Hercules. And Bill Belichick made them do that. So, Tony, along with an answer, which I hope you got, of answering the question about what makes those two great is they are able to morph 
and put their players in position to take advantage of the other team's weakness, and they do it every week, and they are not um, they are not boxed in a corner of saying, we're going to do it this way. They do it whatever way they have to to win games. Oh, there's no question that Bill Belichick in New England, when they play Buffalo, might throw it 46 times and run it three if he felt that would be the way to win. And this leads to a philosophical question for you. Because we're not, you know, we deal in philosophy here. We're both college guys. Do a great coach, does a great coach fit himself to the talent or does a great coach go out and get the talent he wants to play with? Because I would suggest that maybe the talent on the Patriots isn't the greatest in the league. It isn't, but it's what Bill Belichick wants. So that's why I asked that question. I think what a great coach does, Tony, is he has, he has core beliefs. He has philosophies on how to do things. And then what you try to do is you try to go out and get the best players you can and if and when those players match your core beliefs, it's a home run. If they don't, then you have to adjust. Okay? Let's remember when, let's remember when um, Randy Moss went to New England. And Tom Brady threw for 50 touchdowns. Randy Moss caught 23. They were scoring 50 points a game. Tony, remember that? They were blowing everybody yes. out. Yes. They yes. didn't run the ball a lot, Tony. Think about that. All they did was throw it around a lot. I mean, you got Randy Moss. You got... Um, uh, Edelman, you got all these Gronkowski. Like, it was the greatest offense we've ever seen. Now, he doesn't have Randy Moss. I don't know if you can name two of the Patriots receivers, Tony. Don't I, know I don't they know are. if you can. Don't know exactly. who they are. Nope. Nope. But, but they are atop of the AFC, and they're running the football because he's adjusting to the talent that he has. So I think a, a, a really, really good coach has core beliefs on how they want to do things. But they're able to adjust based on what they have and based on the situation and based on the tendencies in the league right now. Because the NFL, Tony, is a smaller league. Think about this, because the offenses are trying to play in space and throw the ball, so the defenses are getting smaller and smaller so they can run. And Belichick is saying, okay, if y'all want to go right, I'm going to go left. The Patriots have a big offensive line. They're physical. This offseason they went back out and got Trent Brown, who's like 6'9", 350. So when all the league is going right, Bill Belichick is going left. He's got a rookie quarterback. It's old school. So, yeah, he's able to do things based on what he has, but he also has core philosophies about how he wants to do things. Sometimes they match, sometimes they don't. And when they don't, you just adjust. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Booger. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Anytime. Have a great one, TK. Booger McFarlane. When you get a guy who can talk about college and pro, it's, you know. We'll take a break. It's wonderful. Uh, Chuck Todd, when we return, Chuck Todd is going to try and be better this week (laughs) than he was last week, and I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. It's officially a winter wonderland outside your window or inside your mind. And what do you want to do when it's chillier than a snowman's cheeks? You want to bundle up with layers and layers of comfy goodness. We've been waiting for this. Spread the cozy vibes to literally anyone in your life with MeUndies. They've got super soft gifts for everyone near and dear to your heart. While you're at it, why not get a little something-something for yourself, too? You deserve all the comfy things. So they want me to talk about if I'm a onesie person or a matching PJ sets person. I think I've established that I'm matching PJ sets yes. now that we have got the grow family and the kids are cute enough to stay in one place yeah but how about this for the endorsement you know cold morning here here in in your nation's capital snow so i was trying to get dressed snow in the you know in the cover of darkness as i was escaping from my bedroom and you know what i pull out (laughs) 
I pull out Christmas tree me undies. How about fantastic. that for season's greetings? There you go. Uh, but then when we got here, I went to the website, and this changes everything. They now have Simpsons themed underpants. Simpsons, the Simpsons, Simpsons, Homer and Bart. Yeah, Homer. I wasn't going to go with just Homer and Bart, but sure. <laughs> well, I don't know the others. Yeah. I don't really watch the show. Do you don't remember a great line? A dog like this, you have to feed every day. No. <laughs> Get your festive on with the new Me Undies holiday collection featuring classic plaids, you know and love, and sweater-inspired prints that will become favorites. All these, you know, the, the sort of ugly sweater theme has become such a thing. Their undies, loungewear, and sleepwear are made out of soft, breathable, stretchy fabrics that are ideal for sitting fireside with loved ones and chatting about love over a cup of hot cocoa. Get the family photo you've always dreamed of. See the matching PJ sets or make a day or make every day a spa day with new plush robes and plush slippers. Whatever you decide, everyone will be rolling into the new year comfier than before. Available in sizes extra small through 4XL. And I know Nigel's been very interested in 4XL. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. Very excited about that. MeUndies has a little something for everyone on your list. MeUndies has a great offer for Tony's listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. Your days of fighting for your life in the mall parking lot, over. they're over. 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 To get, I'll take the over. To get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Tony K. That's MeUndies.com slash Tony K. And as we like to say around here, nothing says underpants like hot cocoa. <laughs> right? Nothing. Caution when hot. Good job. <laughs> this is the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Rod Lawver Jr., not Rod Laver. Rod Lover Jr., who writes, I've attached my new single, Not Much I'm Into, Only You. I like that title. Mm. Hope you'll play it on the show. The song is about the familiar dissatisfaction of life while still having someone who makes it all worth it and is live everywhere you can listen to music. Every time you play the mailbag jingle I, I sent you, it makes my day. I hope this song makes a listener's day in the area of critical commentary. Tony, do you love the Beach Boys Today album as much as I do? Well, it depends how much you love it. If you think it's one of the greatest albums ever made, then yes, I do. I think it's such an underrated gem in their catalog, representing such a fun period of songwriting. I, I really enjoy this music. But when he says it's about the familiar dissatisfaction of life while still having someone who makes it all worth it, and there are no lyrics, I, that's sort of in his own head, isn't it? Like, how would I know that? Like, if Rod said to me, well, what do you think the song's about? <laughs> well, without lyrics, it would be tough for me. Yes. But it's wonderful. Well, Mike, Michael, just let us know if, if people like Rod Lover Jr. want to send us music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. And I should point out, he does go by the name The Unreliable Narrator. That's what he releases his songs Oh, under. I didn't know that. Yes. So it's The Unreliable so Narrator. So we have Chuck Todd. And, yes. and Chuck's a smart guy. <clears throat> Chuck, how would you know what this song was about if it doesn't have any lyrics? I, I, I agree. I mean, it, it feels like music, um, I guess you might ride your bike to. On your Peloton, maybe? I don't know. It's lovely music. Yeah. It is. But, but, but how can I decipher what's in his mind if there's no lyrics it's like if but, it, it's like if louise gluck <laughs> sent a blank page how would i know what it was about it's about the pain but and I suffering you, I, I sort of feel this is some sort of veiled shot the unreliable narrator plays in the unreliable prognosticator <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. Unreliable. You were three and zero at one point. Uh, you well, won the Thursday so game. Yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 no. I took a picture at three and zero. Yeah, yeah, no, I took a picture at three and zero. I felt really good. 
So you didn't take a picture at 0-4 in the last no, four. <laughs> Chuck finished 3-4. and four. He's 42-48-1. He can get to 500. Yeah, it's within sight. Yeah, yeah. But that was, know, a, well, that was a bad end. It was a bad me and, end. Me and half the NFL could get to 500. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Exactly right. All right. Here we go. The Thursday night game is Pittsburgh plus three at Minnesota. Minnesota oh. loses every game in the last second. Every single game. Pittsburgh, I don't care that they beat Baltimore. They aren't any good. They aren't any good. I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a, that was a $400 touchdown pass uh, for me by the Lions. And let's just say it wasn't $400 in the, in the, in the good. It wasn't going good. It wasn't in your zone. Okay. Yeah. Who you got in this one? So you hate Minnesota. I mean, what do you I, – I, you know, I did not see Pittsburgh showing a pulse. But, every, you know, we got to remember Mike for Tomlin weeks. is Mike Tomlin. Uh, yep. I, I, just didn't, I didn't see it, and, and you know, but that was a divi- – you know, the other thing, though, you got to remember, that was a division game, and those division games you got to be aware of. I, I just can't bet on Pittsburgh. Like, you can't bet on Roethlisberger showing up twice. Short week, the old man. Yeah, I agree and with you. I, I, that's just, you know, give I me – I agree with you. <clears throat> give me the Vikings reluctantly, oh. but I'm not putting real money on it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm sort of done with – with the Vikings as, as, as trusted. Oh, Wilbon. Wilbon, look, this is his division. Wilbon says yeah. three of the coaches in his division are rancid and should be fired this <laughs> no, moment. Right. And, and, and by the way, though, what's not fair is I actually think the Packers, you know, that guy, LaFleur, does not get a, a lot of credit, partly because he's, you know, he's, he's, hates in a, he's, in a, and he's in a Pop Warner division. But yeah. um, he deserves a lot of credit. I think he gets way out of Nobody's talking about him. I know Belichick's Belichick. He's talking about LaFleur as coach of the year. And, you know, when you got to manage that crazy ego and keep yeah. that team together, yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. just saying. Uh, Baltimore looking for a bounce back. Baltimore at Cleveland, yet another division game. Cleveland, I yeah. think, was off last week. They had the bye. Cleveland is one of the hardest teams to figure in the entire league. You just, you really, you don't know. Baltimore, this is their DNA. They win close and they win late or they lose close. I mean, it's, it's always close and they don't score. Their last no. four games, 10, 16, 16, 19, that is not a Super Bowl offense. I'm not trying to talk you off Baltimore because I think there's a bounce back here, but this is a very hard game to figure. And the spread is Two and a half, Baltimore two plus half. two and a half. Right. I, I, is it plus two and a half? Yeah. Are you sure? Baltimore's yeah, getting two and a half? Yes. Oh, I would take them. I thought no. they were giving. What would you do? Go ahead. I, 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 it's, it's the Cleveland. Let me ask you this. Baker Mayfield going to be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns next year? I believe he will be, yes. But I don't think well, it's because they're what, in love what with if, him. What if Gardner Minshew were their starting quarterback? Gardner Minshew, when he started in Jacksonville, had three straight weeks where he went, wow, and then he lost his last eight or nine, something like that. Yeah, so I don't know. T- imagine if he's with a good team. There's a okay. lot of talent that's yep, surrounded yep. that. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Is he Kirk Cousins? And I mean that not as a, a negative, like as a comp, like mm-hmm. put him, you know, where he's just, you know, pretty competitive. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take the Ravens and the points just because I can't bring myself to bet on I, 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 It's not like Cleveland you trust either. You don't feel no. good about Baltimore, but do you feel that great about Cleveland? No, you know? I do not. You just know this not. is going to be – here's what I hope. We need some lake effect snow because these two teams don't score anyway. So they make don't. it interesting and put some, put some <laughs> uh, weather on the field, will you? That will be good. Las Vegas is at Kansas City. Las Vegas got beat by the football team last week. Did not look good. Did not. Kansas City has won five in a row. They are not a juggernaut on offense. They are lately on defense – 
And again, and I know I said this a couple of weeks ago when I was wrong, but I think can't, I think that Las Vegas has the feel of a team that could capsize. I just do. So much stuff went on there that, that none of them figured on. Tony, Nine and a half is a lot, a, though. We've said, we've said this for a month on the Raiders. Yeah. Yes. You know, and they, you got to, I don't know who the, that interim coach, I, I, I forget his name. Slobby or something like that. He's keeping right. that team together. You got to give him some credit. So you'll take uh, the nine and a half? No. Uh, and no. in fact, I, I am, um, I'm starting to get some confidence on Kansas City. It's less right. about um, the only issue with Kansas City that I think if they don't make the Super Bowl, it'll be because they can't run the ball. And that's a, that, that does seem to be their fatal flaw. Do you want to hear uh, an interesting statistic on Kansas City? It's Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Mahomes had five touchdowns. In the, in the five-game winning streak, Mahomes has only seven touchdown passes. He had five against the Raiders in one of those games. Five. So he's got two in the other four games, and they're winning anyway. So somebody must have said to Patrick Mahomes, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Right. We got to start spreading it out. And that's what must have been happening, right? It's very odd. Well, the defense has just started to play really well. You know, they yes, got a couple very guys well. back, and that's yes. that's been big key. I still think they have a they have a running. I mean, well, all these offenses where the two deep zone has sort of scrambled them a little bit. The only offenses that have been able to push back against the two deep zone are ones that have a good running game. Packers have a good running game. Um, Leonard Fournette looks like he's having a, a revitalization in Tampa. Kansas City doesn't have that, right? And I think that's they've they've struggled there. But I'm I'm buying into the idea that for all the things we're talking about, Kansas City's figured this out, and they're going to beat the Raiders. Okay, cover that spread. Two teams, uh, and I don't even know how they got this spread. I really don't. I don't know how they have San Francisco plus one against Cincinnati. Both teams were very disappointing last week. I don't. I mean, to me. If you said it was one, it was two, it was three, it was four, I, I, I don't even understand. San Francisco gets one on the road. Who you like in this one? I, uh, I hate I, – I, I never get Cincinnati right. I'll be honest. I, I feel like I don't have a good feel for them. Um, um, and I just don't trust San Francisco two games in a row. So I, I'll take the home team. But Take not, Cincinnati. Give one. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I'm not very thrilled with it. Um, I'm literally only taking it because it's it's at one point and it's and and a team's traveling two thirds across two thirds of the way across the country. Okay, uh, Buffalo looking to bounce back. Buffalo at Tampa Bay. Buffalo is in need of something. Tampa Bay lately, oddly to me, their defense has let down. I know they're winning games, but their defense has let down lately. Brady's been great. Brady's an MVP candidate. I mean, the top three MVP guys right now are Brady Rogers and Kyler Murray. I mean, I don't know how you pick anybody else mm-hmm. at the moment. Tampa Bay at home, Buffalo needing a win, Buffalo getting three. I'm surprised Buffalo's only getting three. I, I thought this line would be a little bit, a little bit higher, but I guess there's this feeling they have to win. And in Buffalo's defense, I, I don't think they played poorly no they gave up 14 points yeah, yeah I, I i think the weather was that was that hard yeah you know i agree I, I, th- I think it was just that hard um well buffalo has to win and i'd rather be on the side of the team that really has to win and i think uh, and and more so even though you can say tampa's playing for a one seed but i actually think that one seed's pretty elusive for them right now i think they're they they don't they're on some wrong side of some tiebreakers and stuff um, 
So I, I'm to take Buffalo. I'm going to take Buffalo. I don't, okay. like I said, I don't love it, but I, I look, I was, I was, I'm kicking myself last week. I believe I said, I'm pressing my luck to bet against Belichick again. And it's a mistake. Yes, right? you and, did. And, you said you're yeah. going to do this once a year. You're going to take Buffalo. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Well, it was against Belichick. I mean, I'm not going to do it in the next game when they play. Okay. But, All right. but, uh, right. but Bruce Arians ain't Bill Belichick. No, even though he likes to think he is, he's yeah, not. I know. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, the team I picked to win the Super Bowl when they got Matthew Stafford, the guy I picked to be the MVP, appears I was wrong. I can live with that. They're getting two and a half at Arizona. When they played this game at L.A. earlier in the year, Arizona killed them. Uh, two mm-hmm. and a half. I thought they. I actually thought they'd be getting more than two and a half, especially since Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are back, and they went on the road in garbage weather. Well, they beat a bad team, but they won the game on the road. Now yeah. they come home. Two and a half, I thought it would be more. Who you got? Well, this goes to the same uh, – the Rams don't have a running game. I think we no. talked about this last week, and this nope. is hurting them. And Stafford is the Statue of Liberty back there. And if you don't have a running game, it, that, that, that becomes a problem. Um, I, I'm – I'm reluctant to take the to take a to bet against an underdog in an interdivision game though. And that's what that's why I'm struggling here. And I think that's why the line moved from three to two and a half. Yeah. Um so I'm a I'm I shouldn't I don't want to take the Rams here, but I think the Rams are the right side. Okay. Because it's division game. I don't and and uh, I'm gonna do it. Speaking of division games, we end with Dallas at Washington. Um Man, the Washington it football team. Important. Yeah, everybody says, we want Dallas. We want Dallas. The 21,000 fans who actually go are screaming, we want Dallas. The football team has now won. The fans are thinking about shaking right now. They're not shaking yet, but they're thinking about shaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Plug in the electric bandwagon. Yeah. Washington's won four in a row. As uh, you know, and if they win their division and they change the name, they're crazy to change the name. They'd so be so stupid. Everybody loves the football team. Yeah, they really do. Dallas is a better team. They're a better team. But, you know, uh, Washington's won four in a row, and Heineke's a folk hero. The, um, Dallas is a road favorite divisional game, minus four. He got. By the way, this is a Rivera, and, and I'm, he did this at Carolina, too, where you'd sit there, you'd watch their games, you'd be like, eh, that's not that good of a team. And then all of a sudden you're like, they're 10-6? and six? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you're like, really? Yeah, yeah. And that's what he's done here with the football team. He just, he figures out how to make the other team play a, a grind it out. I mean, he just, you know, it, clearly he, he, he knows how to, how to make another team play out of their top. Force too many. And I know I don't get the football team right. Um, and I know the monkey's not going to be happy with me on this one. But four points at home? You get more than a field goal at home in a division game? The, what we've been deciding in a, in, a, in a game that's going to be hopefully a little, probably a little cold weather here, right? Maybe. I don't think. You know? I don't know. Rain? I thought there was supposed to be some rain. Not real cold weather, I don't think. You know, but just, just enough to make it yeah. Rivera sloppy. Yeah. Right and and you know a, a sloppy game with Rivera coaching. By the way, is it two games in a row? They were they, it was seventeen fifteen. I don't know. I haven't kept track of those numbers, which is odd for me because I, I usually yeah, do that. Yeah, that is. But I think is it is, Nigel? Do you do we have that right? Was it two weeks in a row that, that the football oh, team won that <clears throat> by that score? Let me check their scores real Taylor quick. Taylor Heineke, folk hero. He's a folk hero. He's great. Love him. 
would again, be very people, he was taking he was taking math courses, uh, economics courses as a grad student at Old Dominion two years ago. Back to back weeks, seventeen, fifteen. Oh, so that oh yeah, you, well done. Yeah, four. Yeah, were, I mean, that, think about the lotto odds of that. Okay, you know, come on, man. Particularly fifteen. That is not a number that shows up a lot in the NFL. That's really not, That's not, not a number. So. Taylor Heineke getting tutored by Ryan Fitzpatrick, perhaps, when he's taking those courses, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick now finally getting an operation 12 weeks after he hurt his hip. <laughs> what? I'm ready now. Is that? It's bizarre. <laughs> That's bizarre. He'll never play another down for the Washington team. Never. He'll go somewhere else. Did he, He'll never, did he play a game? Did he? He play played. He was started the first game, yeah, first quarter. He got okay, hurt he in the second, first quarter of the quarter first game. Whatever it was, he's never wow. going to play another down. He's not. It's too bad. All right, thank you, Chuck. Good Thanks, luck, guys. Good luck, Chuck it. Todd, boys and girls. You can see him on Sunday, of course. Meet the press, where he will not be talking <laughs> about football lines. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that would be enough. But we do better than that. We give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attack. Sing along, and kids. going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. zoo. Reginald's got the bikes by two. two. Sometimes, Sometimes he throws, he throws his poo, poo, <laughs> And he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. So I get this email from Joey. Says you need to settle an argument between me and my medium-sized masculine child. While driving and listening to the show the other day, the bit with the monkey started. And my son asked me what was going on. I said, this is the part of the show where Nigel makes football picks, but they say the picks come from a monkey at a zoo. Seeing his confusion in my rearview mirror, I shrugged and said, I don't get it either. But the theme song is fun. Then he persisted, Dad, are you sure the monkey doesn't make the picks? And for the next minute, my brain began to question my long-held assumption. I'd always assumed the monkey bit was just Nigel with Andy Kaufman-level commitment to the concept. But I began to wonder, does Nigel really go to the zoo each week and bother a monkey every week? How are the picks communicated? And how have the proper authorities not put a stop to Nigel harassing this poor primate each week? I suspect I'll never get a straight answer, so I'll hang up and listen. What do you got? Well, it's real. No, I go down to the National Zoo every week. We have we've got a special agreement with the monkey Reginald, and uh, we've got special access. Yeah, I mean, Reginald's I don't, not I don't, bothered. By I don't it. really understand this. Why you would try to burst your kid's balloon like that? Right. You know. I mean, it's like, would you say Santa Claus doesn't exist? I and mean, would you do that? Why would you do that, Joey? Why? So what happened this week? Honestly, Joey, you have to think about that one. Yeah. Uh, thanks, um, Joey. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I did go down there, and uh, he was on a Zoom conference. Turns out Reginald was uh, giving a deposition oh, yeah. in a very troubling case. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this case down in, um, in Texas where a monkey bit a child, allegedly bit a child uh, no, at Halloween. No. Well, it involves the, 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 the Texan special teams coach. His really? girlfriend. Yes. His yeah, Brian Banks, the special teams coach for the Longhorns. His girlfriend is a stripper famously known as the Pole Assassin. She's been on, yeah, she's been on. Wait, the University of Texas or the Houston Texans? University of Texas. Okay, because you just said the Longhorns, and they're not, I don't think the Texans are the Longhorns. That's UTs. Okay, sorry. Longhorns. Yes. So it's, An assistant uh, coach there? His yes. His girlfriend is a stripper? Yes. And, they, and she has a pet monkey named Gia. And apparently, this is where the, the story gets confusing. The plaintiffs say that 
there was a sign saying, oh, yes, you can play around with the monkey at this, uh, this Halloween house that you have and give high fives to the monkey. Well, the plaintiff tried to give a high five to the monkey, so he says, and, and then the, the monkey, monkey bit, him. bit him. Yes. So now there's this long lawsuit, Gia the monkey being accused of this, this vicious attack on Casey Clinkenbeard. I wonder is the where plaintiff. this guy's going to be coaching next year. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be the Houston Texans. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, so we took a break from that. Um, it was very nice for the judge to let him take a break from that. And the first match we gave him was uh, Cleveland at home giving two and a half against Baltimore. Now, I'm not sure if you'd seen this, but uh, he showed me a nice video clip of him getting inducted at the Hall of Fame, which is in Cleveland. It as is a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of the Little Rascals. There you go. Didn't realize that he was, I guess he was an early member. I guess. Yes. Because I can name the Rascals and none of them were named Reginald. <laughs> none, none in that later crew. So clearly he's got ties to Cleveland. We'll take the Browns in that. Next match we gave him was uh, Tampa Bay at home, uh, giving three to Buffalo. And this was just a recent photograph of him, I, I, I'm assuming it was down in Tampa, eating avocado ice cream with Tom, Giselle, and the kids. Loves that avocado ice cream. Who doesn't? Yeah, it's just so tasty. I don't. I doesn't. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. Who doesn't? I doesn't. <laughs> yes. okay. So he will take uh, Tampa in that match. And the final one we gave him was uh, the Washington football team at home uh, getting four against Dallas. And he likes the Washington football team a lot. But this, he showed me an old faded photograph of him at a rodeo with Tom Landry, Danny White, and Randy White. So, yeah, ties go. to the Dallas area. He will take the Cowboys. And he did this himself. This yes. is what the monkeys this, do. Yes. Okay. Joey. It's legit, okay. Joey. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. We will have uh, email and jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Banjos. I'm a sucker for banjos. Thank you to Joe and Molly Chambers for that rendition. Yeah, Bootsy and the Hammer, that's what practice looks like. Yeah. I'd like to see them learn how to play the banjos. They, they'd have a career. They could be like the fabulous Baker Boys. Sure. Could, you know, they could have banjos instead of piano. Steve Martin, famously a great banjo He's player. He's great at it. Legitimately yeah. great. Do you want to do the Bethesda Bagels ad? Yes. I also want to clarify. Jeff Banks... With the University of Texas, so I just want to clarify. I was oh, that's getting what it, I did. Yes, I was getting it messed up, so I apologize. Again, for where do you think he'll be coaching next year? <laughs> not in Texas. No. Yes, no. Uh, maybe he'll be working at Bethesda Bagels. Maybe not. We love Bethesda Bagels. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the DC area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. Alrighty, then that'll be it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say, and so I quit the police department, got myself a steady job, and though she tried her best to help me, she could steal. But she could not rob. Thank you, Paul McCartney. Thanks to our guest today, Chuck Todd, Booger McFarland. Thanks to today's sponsor, Simply Safe and Me Undies. Great read, Michael. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. I have, I have a new uh, promo code for you. TK Mint for Johnny O. Ooh, TK, TK Mint. M-I-N-T Mint. Yeah, Mint Chip. I want to know your thoughts. <clears throat> That's great. I like Mint Chip. 
And I like the green, green one. Chip. Okay, I you like need the, the green, green one. one. Yeah, not the white one. I like the green one. Yeah, I do. Mint TK Mint. From Mike Villarosa <laughs> in Chicago. I can ignore most of your serial killer-like tendencies, including eating over your sink rather than a plate or having decades worth of extra shoes. However, I draw the line in not putting maple syrup on French toast. He wants maple syrup on French toast. <laughs> From Joe Glomsky, Mr. Tony, here are some thoughts on maple syrup, real versus fake. Real maple syrup is essential. Putting fake syrup on pancakes is akin to, in the words of Henry Hill, putting ketchup on egg noodles. <laughs> Always pay for the syrup upgrade. From Andy Shaner, emailing from his home in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, not his work in Madison. On Wednesday's show, you said the work being done on your fireplace is in, quote, the family room, or I mean the kitchen, or the den, the room where we do most of our living, unquote. Do you mean to tell me these are all the same room? Are you 100% sure that Michael hasn't already moved you into a nice studio apartment? Old people get confused sometimes. Love the Mitch Album interview. A haiku for Phil's mom from Shad. The thought of Phil's mom doing a breakfast spit take. I did a spit take. From Justin Johnson in Arlington and Virginia. I recently learned that there are podcasts about podcasts and found that there are podcasts about your podcast. I'm thinking about putting together a podcast about the podcast about your podcast, but it will not actually be about your podcast. Would you have any interest in coming on my podcast to talk about those podcasts, not your podcast? No. No. From Simon in Galway in Ireland. I don't know about you, but I am all in for book one. That's a very funny reference to Robert Griffin. From Ryan Barwick in Greensboro, North Carolina. Since you gave DG your phone number, does he know he has to call you on his birthday? From Joe Rizzo in Oak Hill, Virginia. After four days of feast and football, there's only one question from the Littles Connective Tissue. What was your impression of the Beatles Get Back documentary? I didn't, I haven't. Not yet. Haven't, not yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. From Ryan Cannon in Reading, Pennsylvania. I guess the potato chip wars are coming from southeastern Pennsylvania. Utz and hers are fine, but the best potato chips are goods chips out of Adamstown, Pennsylvania. I don't know that. I don't know that. No. P.S. is a great P.S. I know someone who knows Taylor Swift. It's such, <laughs> it's such a great P.S. From Carla Corrado. Great. Now I can feel multiple senses of rejection, or is it a sense of rejections? Whatever. You're going back into the mailbag, pulling out old emails that were initially overlooked, and reading them months, if not a year later. I listen attentively to see if my witty take on Pat Forty's banal, unheated toilet seat at the Olympics gets a read. No, it does not. How about my Urban Meyer opening a Waffle House in Jacksonville email? Again, no dice. Feels like I'm attending a former boyfriend's wedding where I failed to catch the bride's bouquet that was aimed directly at me in a mocking show of relationship trash talk. That, Mr. Tony, is rejection. And this is why, for years and years and years, we have loved Carla. We do love Carla. This is sent from Jeremy Martin in Madeira Ranchos, California. Email dated March 2021. I know it's early spring, but take all your money and place it on the Milwaukee Bucks to win the NBA title in Atlanta Braves in the World Series. Forget Chuck Todd, Rufus Peabody, Reginald, and someone you'll learn to love named T-Boy Latchley. Forget them all and trust me on this one. Also, in the coming months, be on the lookout for vagabond Winnebago's in your neighborhood. <laughs> Just wait. Bill Isaacson wrote to the same theme. Based on your recent historical investigation of emails you put in a pile and forgot, I looked back for any unread emails from earlier this year and found one I thought you might find of interest from May of 16th of 2021. Chris, it's great that Andy Byer picked the Derby winner, but you need to be looking with a longer view than the Derby. Crypto, Tony. Buy some crypto. 
Don't be afraid. Crypto is better than betting on a monkey, and it is not what you put in the machine as you exit the parking garage. Crypto can make your life better now that things are opening up again. Stay optimistic. I know you're tired of the little house falling apart, but maybe a 40-foot trailer will appear so you have someplace else as a potential retirement home. And after all, after all we have gone through since 2020, it's not like the Nats are going to deliberately tank. But keep Wander Suero, and there's no way that Sand is going to make the Toy Hall of Fame. <laughs> At some point, we should talk about Shannon McNally. Just love it. Uh, from Andrew Bonds in Charlottesville, Virginia. I think I speak for many Monday listeners when I say that for a fleeting moment, I thought my email from last year was finally going to be read on the air. Twould that it were so simple. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And from Chris Van Sells in Forest Hills, Maryland. Dear Grandpa. This email is about Jeannie. I think she's great. Maybe you can read this sometime in 2023. <laughs> if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Hola, nosotros somos Pineapple Landscape y escuchamos el show de Tony Kornheiser. Pero este show apesta. On a quiet Christmas Eve, silent snow upon the ground, and a hush of starlight far above. Scent of pine tree in the air, decorations everywhere. It's the time when I remember love When I was young I thought of toys Santa brought of teddy bears I ran downstairs to see my Christmas joy Though the years have come and gone Still I down the stairs It's the day that I've been dreaming of For the gift that waits for me Underneath the Christmas tree Is the time when I remember love I was young, I thought of toys Santa brought of teddy bears I ran downstairs to see my Christmas joy Hark the herald angels sing Hear the voices caroling Merry Christmas Comes when we remember love. 